Welcome, welcome to episode 10. Did you ever feel as if you weren't enough yet? Of course you have. We all have. I find this conversation in this podcast to be a fresh take on this topic. Thanks for being here as we discuss how becoming enough is truly a journey of sacred remembering. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Today's guest, Amanda Johnson, is the author of Becoming Enough, A Heroine's Journey to the Already Perfect Self, and she's the founder of Awaken Village Press, where she serves as a book doula with a mission to support authors as they reveal, express, and release their stories into the world. Amanda has spent the last five years as a devoted writer, mentor, and radio show host after more than 10 years of experience performing, educating, facilitating, and consulting. Her passion for inspiring others, be it a second grader or a CEO, and the ability to connect deeply allows her message to deeply resonate with her audience, allowing each of us to be more of who we truly are. Her message has been shared in articles for the Huffington Post, Elephant Journal, Best Kept Self, Mind Body Green, and more, and she's the host of the Being Inspired radio show and podcast. Welcome, Amanda. Okay. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for being here. We are, yes, yes. We are talking about becoming enough today with author Amanda Johnson. And Amanda, I'm going to bring up a quote that you use right from your book's introduction and, and invite you to um, speak from that place. It's such a powerful quote. You say in your book, it's becoming enough, the heroine's journey to the already perfect self. And you say, as a woman, you say, I wasn't suffering due to the fact that I hadn't yet accomplished something amazing. It was because I was totally unwilling to accept the truth of who I am, to witness my enoughness as it is to see that I am already complete in this very moment and that there is no there to arrive at before I will stop stop suffering. Such a powerful quote. Such a powerful quote. (sighs) There's no there to arrive to before you will stop suffering. Yeah. So let's talk about becoming enough. 
Ooh, <laughs> I have chills. Oh. Wow. Isn't spirit divine that that came through me when I sat down to write? And the reality is it was my knowing at that time or my experience at that time as that those words came through me, this idea, this concept that I had spent so many years suffering, creating my own suffering because I wasn't yet there. You know, I didn't have uh, the boyfriend yet or the partner yet or the, the right job yet or enough money yet, or I wasn't doing my life's work yet. And I, uh, you know, I didn't have enough followers yet. I mean, cause this is still, you know, it's not like this, ha- you know, I stopped doing this 10 years ago. No, this is like very recent. And let's be honest, I still get trapped. But at that point, the truth felt so clear to me that that I thought that was what was creating the suffering was, but I don't have it yet. Mm-hmm. But when I have it, then I won't suffer anymore. Mm-hmm. When I have the partner, when I have the 20,000 followers, or let's be honest, 2000 followers, right. or when I have the $20,000, or let's be honest, the $2,000, like, mm-hmm. then I won't suffer. Well, no, in the moment, what came through me was the suffering is only because I'm not willing to accept what I have in this moment, who I am in this moment is enough. Yeah, yeah. And I think what what it is about this quote, there's so many things about this quote, but the, the choice of the word suffering um, is really... I think important and it touches a place when we talk about this really common affliction in women of not feeling like enough, we don't often name it as suffering, but it is. Yeah. It is a, a mindset that keeps you trapped in suffering. You pointed out that the synchronicity of our conversation is following on the heels of one I just had about suffering. And and this gentleman was so wise to point out that exactly that, the to drive ourselves nuts is a real thing because yeah. it is a mental process. This isn't to discount when we are in physical pain and physical, there is a suffering that happens on a on a physical level in our lives. I, I think that is what it means to be human. You know, it, it, yeah. the, the Buddhists will say, I mean, there is suffering. <laughs> so right. stop believing there isn't. Actually, that creates more suffering. So I think you're right that this word has many layers and meanings. And there is that, yes, it means to be human means to suffer because nothing is permanent and everything, you know, so there's that level of suffering. And then there's that level of suffering that I think I, I was really tuning into because of my own life experience, which I'll say something about here briefly, but this idea that I was creating my own suffering. Um, and that be, that was the mental game because let's be honest. And I speak about this in the book, but my life was actually pretty damn good on all. I mean, you, if, if anyone just looked into my life from the, the, you know, the outside and goes, oh, well, it's Amanda Johnson. I mean, what does she have to suffer about? I would imagine that would have been a question, right? I, I had a very um, healthy, happy upbringing 
for the most part, other than what I created to, you know, to suffer about. Uh, and I, I had loved ones and I had my health and I had a job and I was living in a beautiful city. Um, I mean, really, and I think that is what drove me to this recognition and or revelation that my striving for enoughness or rather my avoidance of my enoughness and my striving to be more constantly was what that was the root of my suffering. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And then it's in chapter one, I think you're talking about how your childhood was not actually traumatic and, um, you know, we, we run the gamut of conversation of just real conversations on this podcast where women have shared stories of deep, deep trauma. And, you know, not everyone has those stories of deep, deep trauma. And, and I appreciate you saying that, you know, by if someone was outside looking in, they would say, well, why do you have this affliction? So thank you for naming that. Um, yeah, there, there weren't massive traumas and this was still really, really present for you. Yeah, that's right. And I, so my, my brain goes to like, how does this happen? You know, and, and um, I'm a parent and I watch my own child's struggle right now for self-love and I look and I think, well, how can you struggle to love yourself? You've been so, so loved, mm-hmm. um, you know, and yeah, so some of it's societal. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you think this is such a widespread problem? Yeah. Well, there, one thing first came up as you were speaking and um, it's this, you know, from my perspective and where I sit now in this point in time this the the word soul contract is coming up for me quite a bit it's this you know we I believe we each from my perspective we each have a soul contract and so yes for me it may not have required traumatic experiences and again traumatic can be varied just like you know suffering um and so for me you know I may not have had this deep trauma and yet my soul came in saying well no it won't be that but you will still <laughs> you will still choose the path of suffering and and need to in some way actually stand in the fact that your life isn't that bad and why or why am i perpetuating it then like really ask myself that because i think in sometimes it can be almost uh it it made it more obvious just how I was making myself the victim. Nobody else was. Right. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's something so deep here because I think when we are victims of trauma, and I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience with my healing and also my mindset. So there is a choice point, whatever your past has been, regardless of the the level of trauma that you have experienced, there is a choice point. I I think it's that clear where you say, oh, I am creating my own suffering by continuing to identify with whatever the suffering is in my mind, whether that be the result of a trauma or whether that be the result of just like, you know, the soul contract, like you're talking about. Yeah, I think that is 
perfectly said. And I think that was the point I reached. And perhaps the reason in this lifetime, this is my message is because in a way, I didn't have to go through some of those other layers. Like it was almost a cleaner, like, look, you can, there's, it's, it's pretty clear here. Who's creating this. Okay? Yeah. It's pretty yeah. damn obvious. Okay. Like, let's not get, get distracted or, or need to, cause I, again, I'm, and I'm not trying to say one is better or worse. It's just the different experiences and right. mine in this lifetime. I, and I'm saying this for the first time, like I'm, seeing it like, Oh, right. It's almost as if I needed to see it that clearly yeah. in order to do this work and then share this message from my perspective at times, which felt a bit like, really, you're going to oh. sit here and talk about this when you have an experience, you know, there was like, even that judgment. Yeah. Like you haven't suffered enough. Yes. yes. Oh, sister, That was the thing I wow. caught myself saying but I haven't suffered enough yet. And I thought, Ooh. Oh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I felt that like throughout my entire torso. Right. Okay. Yeah. This, this is so big. I, like, I feel like we just hit on something so big. Um, you know, a term I, I heard someone use this year that also was that like, Oh, we just hit on something big feeling was um, the term trauma bonding. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I, I do, I, I name what we have collectively experienced as women and I want to normalize that, you know, yes, things have been hard and here we go forward from a place that is not identified in the trauma, but there is a really, I don't know, widespread and potentially unconscious um, habit, and I certainly did it for a long time, where you're identified with the trauma and then you're looking to bond with others who are also identified in the trauma. We get a lot of like anger there. A lot of like finger pointing at men comes from this place. You know, it's like you want to stay stuck in what has happened in the past um, as a basis for how you live life in the present. Mm. I couldn't agree more. And without going, I mean, we could definitely explore that. What's coming up right now, feeling more true from my experience is, and really, I feel like this was quite revelatory, just what we shared and what came through this idea that in a sense, because I, I didn't even have the experience that I could finger point at somebody else. I mean, I tried, let me, I I really tried to (laughs) demonize my parents as loving as they were. I'm like, you guys didn't love me enough. Right. I mean, goodness. And and again, if, if you read my book or spoke with my parents, you would know uh, just how much of a story that was. So again, I really, I was given the gift in this lifetime, I guess I can say to see it so clearly that I really couldn't, I didn't have that, um, that deep wound that really gave me the uh, opportunity or really had that invitation to finger point and then let's bond with others. And possibly because it is so easy to get caught up in that. And perhaps part of my contract and part of why I'm here in this lifetime is to still remind us all, starting first with myself, of course, that we aren't the victim or, or we have a choice, right? Whether or not we want to define that, but we have a choice at some point to no longer perpetuate the suffering or the victimhood or whatever. And 
maybe it was easier for me to see, but that doesn't make the truth or the revelation any less significant. And so that that could be a bit of a, a light or a bit of a, a go, oh, okay. And, and, and again, coming back to the enoughness of it, I do think so much of why we put up with what we put up with, including our suffering, is because we have this belief that it's not enough. Either I haven't suffered enough, therefore I, I am, I'm, not, I, I'm not worthy of not suffering. Yeah. Um, so we perpetuate the cycle of suffering in whatever form, which is, I think, probably part of why we get bonded. It, 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 it's feet. Who am I? Here's the big question. Yeah, yeah. Who am I if I am enough? Yes. Or I have suffered enough. Right, right. Well, yeah, or yeah, it, which is not like, not exactly the same question. <laughs> they're different, but yeah, I think different they're different. Yeah. You, might, you might ask either one. Like you could sit, exactly. like I know at one point I had to ask the question like, well, who am I if I am enough? That, that was one question. I also had to ask myself like, who am I if I have, if I'm like done with this suffering right now? Okay, exactly. Like, what would I spend my time doing? <laughs> Right. It's like a new identity. It's a new, it's permission for, there's so much space in, in that, in that answer. You know, it's, um, oh, who am I if I'm not doing this? Hey, it's Sarah. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about the trauma-informed supports that you'll find at sarahpoet.com. It's time for women to stand in our truths. And for a long time, we've been identifying with the suffering that is associated with our traumas, either causing many women to be silent or angry or in perpetual self-improvement with no end in sight. Through sacred remembering, you come to stand in the truth of who you are, and I take a stand for the right of women to do this. At sarahpoet.com, you'll find the sacred remembering ebook that's an introduction to this concept. There's also a new trauma-informed e-course for only $99 that takes you from silence to an embodied sacred truth. And of course, there's always the mastermind that begins in January of 2020. You can always get my undivided attention in one-on-one trauma-sensitive coaching as well. I'm really here for you to stand in the truth of who you are. Contact me via sarahpoet.com today and stay tuned until the end of this podcast for a really special offer from Amanda as well. I want to go back to what you were saying about soul contract and about each of us needing to make this decision for ourselves. And I would love to hear you talk about the heroine's journey mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, some of us have heard of the hero's journey. And then when we apply this to women and we start talking about the heroine's journey, it's, it's a layer deeper. And I think I, when I found this as a woman, I was like, oh, hell yes, this is the, the journey that I've been on, So, which is our own soul's journey. So could you talk to us about the heroine's journey being that journey of the soul and, yeah, those decision points along the way? Absolutely. So I'll speak to it. You know, I, I first want to say when, I, when this when this was made known to me, it did come from a very masculine, um, like mental place. It's like, oh, this is the perfect structure <laughs> for me to write my book. And that actually is where it started from. Okay. And it wasn't until after 
in a sense, it, it then it became a feminine experience to flow in that. Mm-hmm. And I also want to acknowledge that since I wrote it, I have had other feedback like yourself and, and other women who have even a deeper connection to a heroine's journey. So it, it feels like one of those things where I didn't even know what I was doing at the time I was doing it, if that makes sense. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. I can, I can speak to that, that what I see as the journey, you're right. The soul's journey, the heroine's journey um, is, is one of, you know, we were, we find ourselves living out, playing out the same all, same all, right. We're in that pattern. We're in that habitual routine, right? This just keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. At some point we do hear a call. We, we hear it. It's like, it's the murmuring. It's the whispers. It's the, right. There's something now for a long time, I actually mistook that to say, there's something more meaning like Amanda, you're not enough. <laughs> Amanda, yeah, you're not right. doing enough. Right. So I, I misinterpreted the call for many, many years. And then eventually I feel what happens is, so we reject it like time and time again. And this, I believe is true for all of us. We just keep saying no in so many different ways right. um, because it's unfamiliar. It doesn't feel like what we're accustomed to or we're used to. And then this, 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 courage is found, whether it's through a mentor, a book. Uh, for me, it's very much that when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. So some point on our journey, our, our soul is just like, it, we can't say no yet one more time, right? The whisper's getting a little louder. Something's coming in. We're open to a new experience. And all of a sudden we're going, oh, okay. I get it now. In this moment, I'm ready. And now that I'm ready, everything comes to me to support me in that transformation. And then for me, that's, and then that's still, we really haven't even started. I mean, that's just the beginning, right? Right. And and then we're faced with, with what is that? How do I now operate in this new way in this, this, as you said, this new way of being this new identity. And then there's all of these layers of experimentation of trial and error of, you know, slipping and falling and having to get back up and, and, and facing deeper and deeper fears or whatever along the way. Right. Right. At some point we're like, okay, we we reach the, the depth of it. And because I, I believe the journey at first feels like uh, for me, it it was like, Oh my God. Like when I first feel, I felt like I found it. It was like, (gasps) Oh, Oh, here it is. Here's the answer. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, then, <laughs> then we really, like, then we buckle up, we buckle up for the ride. Right. Right. Well, that's, thank you so much. That's what I was thinking as you were talking. I was like, and then we go down and I don't mean we necessarily fall. There's often a falling, but we, we go down into the shadow into the depths and into our own soul, right? So that's why I'm I'm linking it to what you said before about, well, yeah, some of us have our traumas that are our initiations in this lifetime. Some of us come in um, with, with different levels of that. And then when you are on your own heroine's journey at one point or, you know, many points, but it, but there's a very significant point where Whatever the initiation 
the turning toward self and the commitment to go in, mm-hmm. like must be made. Because without that and without, I mean, it's an underworld journey many, many times, you know, but without that, um, without that, I think we stay in the cognitive and we stay trying to make it look like we've been doing the work or that we're there, you know, or something. But I don't know. In my experience, like, unless you truly go down and in to the shadow material, whether that's in this lifetime or whether that's from a previous lifetime, it's like you're still on the journey. I mean, we're all still on the journey, but, you know, you need the depths. You need the depths and then to integrate the depths into the rising. Yeah. That's so beautiful, Sarah. So beautiful. And actually this whole time I'm having this image. And of course, because I have have looked this up online and any of you could go Google hero's journey, you know, uh, and you'll, you'll see this many graphics. The very common one is the circle. Mm -hmm. And, And so everything you've been saying, I've been actually envisioning this circle and I'm seeing where we start at the, like, if I were to paint the picture for you listening, we're going to start like, you know, like one o'clock. Okay. On this, on this circle, we're just going to start in the ordinary world in like that between noon and one o'clock or midnight and one o'clock, let's say, excuse me. And then all of a sudden we travel. And as we travel, you're right. We reach that choice point somewhere around, I don't know, two, two thirty, two, two or three. And we start going into the depths. We do go into the underworld. We go inward. When we go into ourselves, we get to know ourselves, we start to reveal what are those true fears. And that was the journey I was on. Holy moly. It wasn't just, oh, I I now see myself as enough. Oh my goodness. You have no idea what I uncovered down there, right? So as you go down, down, (laughs) down, you do know. I know you know. but And then you're right. Then there is, then we begin to rise as we come up and as we enter back into the, you know, kind of the world quote-unquote with everything that we discovered found revealed and now we can come up you know now we're at like 10 p.m again and we're ready to share that with others mm-hmm. right and then of course the cycle continues but there is there's this going i love that image right now oh right right and yeah one of my mentors says um you have you have to die the whole way like mm-hmm. you you, that old self has to die the whole way. And um, yeah, so I just, I don't mean to get, I don't want to go like negative, negative <laughs> with our audience, but I really want to normalize. I mean, it's part of my work to really normalize that there is a shadow journey that is absolutely necessary in order for us to incorporate the truth of who we are, mm-hmm. in order for us to truly live in the truth of who we are. Because if we do not transmute like literally change the energies, tr- like trans transform the energies of the darkness, then we're really just kind of like putting stuff on top of that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and by all means, like read all the books along the way. Like you're an author. I am writing a book. Like, please read the books. <laughs> right. And yeah. like we're, and and that answer is really going to come from going in, from going into yourself and, um, and your own heroine's journey. That's right. Now tell me, um, so on one of the parts of the heroine's journey is really discovering something that sounds like, oh, I 
forgot or never knew in the first place, or I'm remembering that there's this aspect called the feminine and it's been denied. Did you have that moment and that like recovering? I mean, yes, yes. And let me, so mm, yeah, my, my journey is certainly has been, and still is even now this remembrance um, because I have operated from my masculine for most of my life, Mm -hmm. at least in, you know, the predominant energy that I was putting out into the world. And yeah, I think as I'm kind of tuning back into this particular journey that, you know, that I went through a few years ago and and wrote a book about, and of course it's continuing, but it's evolving now. There was this remembrance of that. I am so, I'm so much more powerful than I ever knew that I never knew. And I, you know, to say, is that the feminine? I do think it is because it, it, it brings us back into, I mean, the ultimate, um, I think there's a lot of m- m- misappropriation that, you know, power is masculine. There is power in, um, you know, but the, I think whew, creator, you know, pure, pure power, unadulterated, like to make things happen out of nothing. Right. There's this, it's a very feminine energy from my understanding. Mm. I, and I, I, that, that was part of my remembrance was I had all of these uh, mental things going on. And not that mental is necessarily masculine, but sometimes it's that kind of problem solving. They figure it out. Let me mm, 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 analyze, assess, right? Um, Versus being with something and really, yeah. So what's coming up right now as you ask me that question is like, yeah, there was this remembrance of like, I've got some power down there that I was completely covering up. And actually me covering it up was in this in this very backwards way, I thought I was covering up how not powerful I was. I thought I was like, no, look at me. Look how perfect I am. Look at how, because I'm, you know, I was, I thought, I thought I was doing that because deep down I didn't feel powerful, right? It's like, well, I've got to pretend. I've got to like put on this costume. I need to walk around and make people think I'm this amazing human, this amazing woman. And then like I peeled back those layers to realize that what's really, really, really deep was, oh my God, I'm actually covering up how freaking powerful I am because that mm-hmm. is what scares me. That, uh, wow. <laughs> yes, that, that is often the most terrifying thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Whatever. To this day, to this day. <laughs> me too. Me too. Absolutely. Yeah. I was, I've, I've been having multiple conversations with multiple women about this, like multiple powerful women, you know, and, um, which is part of the reason why this podcast and why our work in the world, because when women do reclaim our authentic power, which is not a masculine power over power, it's knowing ourselves from the inside and, and in this deeper remembrance um, and then coming forward in our embodied power as as women and in the balance of feminine and masculine. I want to say that, like, uh, we don't abandon our masculine. Um, both come into an actualized and healthy expression within each person. I could talk about that all day. But, <laughs> you know, but yeah, that, that's part of the journey. And then when we come into that power and are standing in that power, I mean, it's truly 
that that's the power of creation. That's the power of, of changing worlds. And um, yeah, it, take, it takes a lot of courage um, because you have to go around that circle, you know, and say like, I actually am going to choose to go deeper. I'm going to choose to claim my whole self. I'm going to choose this remembrance. So. Mm. And I'm off oh, this image just won't it is like right now really on fire in my mind, my on mind's mm-hmm. eye. And it's even this like you, because you're right. If we start down that circle, you know, we just start to, if we imagine there's like water right there, that surface, and we go underwater. Mm-hmm. It at first it could feel really tempting to just like mm-hmm. nope, let me come back up. <laughs> let me come back yeah. up. Mm-hmm. That's it's so tempting. And we do that. I mean, it's we're, I'm I mean, we all do that, right? That's part of it. But mm-hmm. yes, it is. It's that courageous act of will I keep going under deeper and it, it's mm-hmm. yeah, it is. But guess what? Then you get to the other side of that circle, and then there is yes. the light at, the, at that surface, and you do break through and Oh yeah. yeah. It's not just darkness, it, but there's such, it's so worth it. Man, is it worth it? <laughs> it's so worth it. <laughs> and it's so hard. Yeah. Uh, Amanda, I would love to ask you about the word becoming and what that, that word means to you. Yeah. Um, you know, the term sacred remembering or the words sacred remembering as they presented themselves to me um, feel like they have a lot to do with becoming and how you talk about becoming. Can we go there? Yeah. It's so beautiful. I actually had such a fun, interesting dance with that word for months. And I, I, I avoided it. I looked for alternatives. I, Mm -hmm. It really took a minute for me to accept that that was because it came very suddenly and I, I, I really resisted it. The, and I'll start with why I resisted it. And then I'll end with why it actually is the perfect word in my opinion, because at first I thought, well, God, no, no, no. I, I, I don't want to perpetuate this belief that we aren't already it. I, I don't want us to, I don't want to keep mm-hmm. putting on this because I was in such a habit of striving and reaching and going, you know, going outward, right? Like this going out, 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 like it's out there somewhere. And when I first heard the word becoming, that was the image I had. It was this thing that was outside of myself that I was striving for. And I thought, no, that's not what this is. Mm -hmm. So I really sat with it for a while until Funnily enough, maybe I actually looked up the definition and the definition really was what anchored my own knowing and saying, yes, see, it's okay. It's safe Mm -hmm. to choose this word because the definition that I found is to begin to be. So there's no future. (laughs) There's no like in the future, I will become. No, Mm -hmm. no, no. It is an active present moment choice. It is a beginning in this moment to be mm-hmm. in this moment. I am enough. The becoming becomes present, right? right? And why I love it is because it is an ongoing thing. It's not, I became, <laughs> it's not past tense, you know, and there's not even this, and I don't even know my grammatical words, you know, there's a, all the different tenses, but there's, and certain languages don't even have it. So maybe in English, we're lucky in this way, but this even to become is feels very 
one. I, I become mm. becoming. It's this ongoing practice, this ongoing journey. And so for me, it, it encapsulates all of that. The fact that I already am at some point, it is a choice to begin to be that. And then it's an ongoing journey. There was so much beauty in that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank That's you one much. of the to like rewind three times. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Beginning to become that which I already am. Amazing. Um, I was writing an ebook on sacred remembering and the words that came up were remembering forward. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's we're remembering who we are as we're also going forward toward that which we are becoming. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, but the answers are are in there. It's it's not like we're uh you know, it's an inside out thing. It's like from the inside moving forward, we are becoming rather than like the old paradigm where we're thinking that we're not enough and so we're trying to amass the success and achievement then we're we're trying to take from the outside and put on top put on us so that we can become and like so that we can be enough but actually we already are and we're remembering that we're becoming that which we already are oh so gorgeous and I need to interject here because one of the quotes I believe from the book, if I'm remembering it accurately, is until we remember and accept or embrace our enoughness, we will not be able to embrace or accept our magnificence because one precedes the other, in my opinion. And I think what happens is we are striving for magnificent. We're like, I'm not going to settle for anything less. Well, yeah. the reality is, You will never have to if you get to the core and remember who you truly are. We truly are magnificent. Right. And yet the journey to that is we must first go through the layer of, ah, which means who I am in this present moment is perfectly enough. It is exactly as it's meant to be because the magnificence is already there. Right. It's journeying back to that, not to your point, going outside and amassing and putting on the illusion or the facade of magnificence. Right, right. A very authentic and whole, whole from the inside out way of being. Yeah. And I truly, truly believe that when women embody this wholeness and enoughness, we change the entire game. Like we, we, we heal the patriarchal uh, wounds that we're experiencing. Like it, it is so big for women to stand in the truth of who we are and, and just know that wholeness because so much about life, how we go after what we want, how we interact with people, how we raise our children, how we run our businesses, how we spend our money, it all changes when we know who we are. <laughs> I like to go big and then bring it back and then go <laughs> and bring it back because this individual work really is, you know, it's for the collective as well. That's and right. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amanda, thank you so much. I want to ask you if there's anything else about 
becoming enough that you want to share. And then I want to talk to our listeners about the retreat that you're hosting. Oh, yeah, I feel like I, I brought through that quote because that really to me is the, the game. This, that's the becoming enough. This is what wants to come through. It's Mm -hmm. not to then attain something else. I remember that was one Mm -hmm. of the first like real insights I had. It's, you know, there's so many things to do out in there in the world, right? The books to read, the programs to take, the experiences to have, et cetera, et cetera. And we often are doing it so that we (laughs) get the relationship get the money. And all of a sudden we're back to square one, right? We're back to where we started this conversation, which is if only I had those things, then I would not suffer. So for me, the remembrance also of, which is, it's continuous, right? Going back and remembering that this is not about me getting more things. Like I don't become Mm -hmm. enough so that then I can have all these things. Yes. It's what I will say is, (laughs) those things will happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they will. It, it, but it's a, it is a shift in our mindset and it's simply something to look out for because the journey can get so, um, it can get precarious at times, but it can also get so slippery at times, right? There's a slippery slope of falling back into, into old patterns and habits. So all my, all, I guess what I want to say is it's an invitation to notice at what point do you want to go back and, and still think this is for some other purpose beyond remembering who you are, which is ultimately what we're doing. And from that space, anything is possible. Right. Awesome. Thank you so much for saying that. It's almost like when you catch yourself going, if I do this, then I will have that, you know, or, oh my gosh. And and this is so deep. So, so, so deep. And, and it's, um, yeah, it's got, I think, roots and, you know, religion and, and this masculine feminine conversation, but, but it's like, it's almost like we can perf- we think that performance will get the rewards will reap the rewards because that's what we've been taught mm-hmm. and so i think that there's there's a point there was a point on my journey I'll, I'll just speak to that honestly where i was i realized i was still doing the same thing before god like i was still going if i do this then am i worthy in the eyes of god you know, like in the eyes of the universe. And I was like, oh, I'm still doing that old inherent, <laughs> believing that I was inherently inadequate or not enough and trying to prove myself in the eyes of God. You know, like it, it runs so deep is what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Yes. To the, and I am not free of that either. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Still, yeah, I mean, tendrils still mm-hmm. like so, you know, it's in, it's in there. But I, I really love that. Like, if you catch yourself doing an if then, like if you're trying to make an agreement with, <laughs> with man or God or yourself, or like, yeah. anybody, like if you're trying to make that deal, then you're in, you're back in that loop. That's right. Yeah. Huh. Ooh. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, the only where the the only place to go is into the self, 
and to remember that you're whole and you're you're enough. Whew. Journey of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Multiple, multiple lifetimes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. All right. You want to talk retreat? Yeah. Oh, uh, because mm, if this conversation lit you up, lights you up as it does me, <laughs> then the container and the sacred space I have been called and literally been called to create is this and more. This is the, for me, this is what I'm here for. This is what we are here for is to go within. So the retreat is geared toward writers because of course that's the form that I really am drawn to in this material physical world to bring that which desires to come through us out into the world to share it. So that's my preference. So those are the people I speak to and call in anyone with a message on their heart or a book in their soul at whatever stage that may be, right? Conceptual or a nearly finished manuscript. But the fact is for me, this retreat happening in Costa Rica, March 21st, the 26th is an invitation for those of you who have that yearning to bring this message or this book into the world and recognize that part of that. And if not, not even part of it for me, all of that comes first by revealing who we truly are to ourselves so that we can then express who we truly are or what we want to say more fully, more wholly, more authentically to the world. Mm-hmm. So there's the work that we do with ourselves first or continue to do the work with ourselves so that the book, the message that can flow through us in the most unadulterated and the most um, divine way. Mm-hmm. And so the retreat, there's the focus on that as well as that support of, you know, how do I do this and where do I go from here, right? With this book, this message. So I would invite anyone who, if, if you're resonating with Sarah, if you're resonating with me, this is the place for you to come deepen into yourself, into your book, into your message, and do it in a beautiful environment where you are feeling supported and in community with others. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. And I want to add for our listeners that um, the the space that Amanda holds, I think that anyone listening can feel it. Like how you have described that retreat and and how you've described the sacredness of this offering, um, it, it just is clear that it is a sacred container through which the creativity through the authentic self really is, is being welcome to come through. And so I have said yes to join Amanda on this retreat. Thank you so much for the invitation. And I will be offering some sacred remembering practices to help facilitate participants into going into that, that soulful, sacred truth space so often as as a as someone who is you know writing that book and who has written various chapters where I was trying to like get it right in my mind and then I have written various chapters where it was just flowing through me I think any writer knows that struggle of like being too far in the head 
And so going on retreat to this sacred geographical space into a sacredly like held container with Amanda and her crew, um, we're able to drop down out of that cognitive should mode, you know, mm-hmm. that where we want to crunch all the pieces together and make sure that we get it right and just really come into the soul essence and let the, the wisdom of what co- wants to come through you, the truth of who you are, let it come forward. So thank you for creating the space and thank you for the invitation. And thank you for saying yes. This yeah. it, it would not have been the same without you. So I so look forward to your energy and your presence and your gifts there. Mm. Mm. So sweet. Thank you for saying that. So you have an offer for anyone listening yes. to this podcast. Yes. Anyone listening, I will make sure to um, have Sarah, you'll have a discount code in the show notes that you can apply to receive 10% off the price of admission, if you will, into the garden of creativity. Um, So long as you would say yes by the end of January. So from the time you hear this through the end of January, um, you're welcome to come with a 10% discount. Wonderful. Thank you so much for offering that. Uh, I know that there are so many amazing books and, and stories just waiting to be written right mm-hmm. now. So um, yeah, I hope this lands right exactly with the, with the folks that need to hear that. And um, mm, mm, mm. Costa Rica, March 21st through 26th. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And so I welcome anyone to reach out to Amanda or myself. Um, if you have any more questions about that, or just want to chat about it and Amanda, tell us where we can, where listeners can find you online. Yes. You can find me on my website, amandajohnson.tv. That has, of course, links to everything else. And then you can come to social media, Facebook, Instagram at being Amanda J. Thank you so much. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Oh, I am delighted and so grateful to you for creating this sacred space and for all the women you are bringing together to share their wisdom, their remembering, and then, of course, to all of your listeners who are on their own journey of remembering who they Mm -hmm. truly are. Mm -hmm. Yes, let's all keep going and let's do it hand in hand. Amanda, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you for listening to this episode with Amanda Johnson. Amanda has sent me the code for a 10% discount on the writer's retreat, where I will also be offering some sacred remembering tools and practices, including energetic upgrades. And the code for this discount is in the show notes. So go to the show notes at sarahpoet.com and you'll find them. Also, for those of you that are not yet participating, and I know that you're out there, there is a Facebook group affiliated with this podcast, the Sacred Remembering Facebook group for modern women waking up and remembering the truth of who we are. Find us and join today and start a conversation. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. 
Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected. And here's to your path of sacred remembering. Remembering.